Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode nine of the Critical Strike Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Enrique Gamor, as always, joined by Tyler Escara and Meg K. But bringing on a special guest today, fresh from the LCS analyst desk, it is the one and only Hi. Thank you so much for being here. First of all, before we dive into anything, uh, how are you, man? Uh, I'm doing pretty well. You know, it's chilling, playing some league. I failed my master's promo last night, so that's kind of a bummer. But mm-hmm. it shouldn't be too hard to get back into it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. No, I, I would. Uh, I sympathize with you on uh, not making a promo series, but not at all close to masters. Um, but, <laughs> so my, my my sympathies go out to you as far as they can extend. I yeah, suppose. that's that, that's as far as I can relate to you. Is the failed the promos as soon as you say masters, like, what does that even look like? Half <laughs> only. Half um, only, yeah. But we're going to talk about, uh, I mean, well, we, we've got a bunch to talk about. I mean, in the LCS, expectations that were set in the lock-in tournament. Um, some teams are leveled up, some teams are leveled down, but let's not bury the lead here. TSM. Uh, boy, Ooh. oh boy, I think this this team looks, well, you know what? I, there don't, are a lot don't, of don't, don't, don't soften the blow here. Hey. No, it, look, it, it looks rough. And I think that's yeah. part of the reason why I wanted to have High on here, because we are, you know, we are... Journalists, we work for an organization that we like to think we're okay, we're well-respected, our takes are nuanced <laughs> and well-reasoned, but Hai is someone who, you know, gets paid to watch these games extremely closely and have also very nuanced takes. Um, so why don't we just, we'll, we'll start with you, Hai. I mean, with TSM, uh, is it is it more of a symptom of, Sword Art was brought in to be the main shot caller. You put a, bu- a bunch of consistent pieces around him, like Power of Evil, you put some inconsistent pieces around him in Hooney and a rookie 80 carry in Lost, which the Rookie 80 carry and veteran support formula has worked in the past to tremendous success. Um, as far as, I don't maybe what's wrong with TSM seems too general a question, but I would say, how much of it do you think is the team making Sword Art look bad or just a, a broader, maybe less definable symptom? Well, TSM doesn't look good right now because obviously they're 1-2, right? They're not well and it's hard to pinpoint exactly what's going on with them when there's so many glaring problems before you even get into the game they're still learning how to draft and pick well they haven't been doing it greatly i would say i would say their drafting is kind of lackluster they don't really go for good counter picks and or counter picks in general sometimes they just do weird things and it seems like they go to comfort picks more often than that which might not necessarily be like an issue on the coach. Maybe the players have like a lack of a champion pool or something like that. Or maybe there's like, hey, can you pick this? I really want to play this. And like he's being influenced as a coach slash drafter. I'm not entirely sure. But at the end of the day, before you even talk about their gameplay, their drafting needs work. Every team needs work, of course, but there's especially needs work. However, you know, I think we should give them a bit of a breather room when it comes to that. It's Bjergsen's first time coaching and doing drafting. It's been, you know, lock-in in three days of the LCS spring. I know it's a bit faster than normal in terms of the spring split. However, um, I do believe that they will get better at that over time, as every team does. Whether that's enough to help them out, I'm not sure. So moving forward from that, we start to talk about their gameplay, right? You can go down a list of each of their lanes and their jungler and take a look at how things are going when it comes to just stats. None of the stats look well for them. That's due to the fact that they're losing. But then you can take a look into it more and try and think about why it goes that way. Well, if you watch their games, more often than not, they don't really have very many winning lanes. Whether that be due to a case of them not synergizing well with their jungler and not asking for pressure when they need it. And or they're just failing the lane before any jungler intervention. It's a bit of a combination of both. I went to take a look at the, the jungle proximity percentage for the support and jungle, actually. Because right now, I believe support and jungle have a lot of playmaking ability. More often than that, you'll see them roam around from bot lane to Rift, uh, Rift Herald. They'll gank top, they'll gank mid, etc. And TSM actually has the highest jungle and support proximity out of any team. However, when you watch their games, I don't recall very many games, if any, where Sword Art and Speaker are going around clapping people together. Like I don't see them killing the mid laner. I don't see them taking good objectives or starting good fights. So whether that be due to them not going to the right place at the right time, I don't know. But they are, you know, at least on the right page in the sense of like trying to roam together, do plays together. They just kind of miss and suck. I don't know. But so, so go go for it. I was gonna say, and I think it's interesting because, and maybe this is an overly simplistic view of League of Legends, but when you take kind of a you know a, a 
farming as opposed to a ganking jungler, which is just much more the meta right now. I mean, Spica was on Talia, Olaf, and then uh, in the first game, I believe, was it, I think it was two Talia games. And the, you know, those are junglers that you would want sort of a winning lane because, you know, a, a more aggressive, invadey, uh, you know, maybe rolling around, you know, mid laner and jungler and, you know, get an invade off, go off for a gank and stuff. So uh, kind of creating that pressure, do you think that, is, is that kind of what you're referring to as far as a, a cohesive or a good draft is kind of marrying this jungle support room? Because I agree, like a jungle and support two-man death squad, that seems to be what does well in the meta right now. Um, is that sort of what you mean by cohes- cohesive drafts? Um, it's just that when they're given the opportunities to do counterpicks, example, for example, like trying to counterpick support, which is actually really strong to do, they opt out of that instead pick a uh, round five Corky. Now, Corky's not necessarily bad in Vizier, and this is just one game out of the three that they've played so far. However, you know, it just kind of shows why not go for a counterpick and support. Is that due to Sword Art not having a counter? Or or it, it really doesn't make sense from eyes out looking in, you know? Maybe they know why, but whatever reason that they have, it can't be a good one due to it just being a poor draft. So that's one of the examples where they didn't make usage of a counterpick. And then the other examples, uh, their game from against FlyQuest, they gave um, Seraphine over to FlyQuest, and that's very questionable due to the fact that Seraphine was almost 100% pick ban in every single game. Um, they didn't even pick uh, Seraphine uh, first when they're blue side, so I'm not sure um, whether Lost plays it or not, or whether Sword Art plays it. I don't know what the purpose of them not doing it. So it shows that they lacked the priority on um, Seraphine. And one other thing I noticed in the pick and ban is that regardless if they're blue or red, they ban Twisted Fate both ways, and that shows a lack of a counterpick either from PoE or the lack of him wanting to play it, which is weird because I know he can play the champion. I've seen him play it before. Um, it just doesn't make sense to ban Twisted Fate on blue and red. Um, you know, like, what, what's the purpose of that? If he's OP, uh, don't ban him on blue and then pick him, but if he's OP on red, ban him or have a counter for him, right? Since you're red side, you can counter it. It just right. doesn't make sense there, so... Yeah, I just think that right now, well, like when we were doing our pre preseason kind of like rankings and stuff, I said that TSM fans are probably, well, yeah, it's hard to tell TSM fans to be patient, but this is kind of the year that you'd have to do that because for as much as people want to they call Bjergsen this impressive, smart player, he is like a really, really smart player, but coaching is like a very different beast when it comes to knowledge and knowing where to apply things. And so it's clear that, you know, he's still kind of getting through the growing pains of being a coach and making the right decisions. Um, and in general, the lineup is going to take some time to to, to kind of just grow together. You have straight up just five players that haven't played with each other ever before. Um, and there's a lot of play style clashes that they're going they're gonna have to go through. And we can see that in the way that they're, you know, maybe hesitating on some certain plays and not not making the right decisions and you know looking just like like just uncoordinated whenever they're about to start a fight or making the decision to either go defend the base or something like that like that last game that they had this week was just such a painful experience to watch but i wasn't i wasn't surprised i wasn't surprised i think a lot of people expected this but um of course, it's TSM, so everybody's going to be... Like, th- those feelings are going to be magnified by a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like... That excuse really only works for so long because out of the 10 teams, right, are they really the roster that's changed the most out of every single roster? I know some haven't changed much. So, like, for example, 100 Thieves has four of the same players um, plus one. But, you know, there's other rosters, like Golden Guardians, that have a bunch of new players, some from... Uh, collegiate, and then you have teams like FlyQuest that also have new players like Jose Diodo and stuff that went here as well. So it's not mm-hmm. like TSM is the only team that has problems of never playing before together or anything like that, you know? So um, it feels kind of like a weak excuse to give to them. Um, as far as like giving Bjergsen time to coach, I think that's fine to say it, but for the team, they're not the only team that has to deal with having new playstyles clash with each other and learning how to play. So right right now, they're just playing poorly whether they can pick it up or not is what i'm is as the question i guess right like no one can deny that they're playing bad at the moment but um do they have an upside can they be better how much better can they be is kind of the thing that people are looking at now i think and, and i think i'm glad you, oh sorry go ahead 
Sorry, I was going to say, the thing you mentioned with the TF ban is actually really interesting because that's very indicative of a team that doesn't know how to play together just yet. Because, like, to shut down a Twisted Fate or to negate how powerful Twisted Fate can be in pro, you have to be able to roam really well, you have to coordinate across the map really well, you have to know when to go for certain objectives, when he ults or when he leaves lane. And the fact that they're not willing to expose themselves to that definitely makes me think that a large amount of their problems stem from a lack of communication. And now whether that's between Speaker and Sword Art, or that's Power of Evil not calling for stuff when he needs it, or like whatever that may be, I think that's probably the biggest thing that they need to fix, but that's also one of the hardest things to fix. So I don't know. How long would you guys give this team to start picking up their performance before you say, okay, maybe there's something seriously wrong here? Mm. Maybe another couple of weeks? Maybe? It, it, it dep- I need to look at their matchups again, but yeah, like I'd say I'm not going to give them like a really harsh timeline, but I do think that there are, there's a point where you got to be like, you're, this, this roster is not made up of rookies. Like, this is a team that has a bunch of, like, veteran talent that has, you know, been in situations like this before. Uh, you should be. And I even, like, when I when I talked to Bjergsen, it's like, especially for him, like, his coaching in general, he said that I don't want to ask for too much time or patience. Because mm-hmm. I don't, like, because he thinks that he, he should be able to get it together mm-hmm. quickly, a lot more quicker than, than, than what people are saying. Like, oh, you know, give them time. It's a new coach and stuff. But he's like, he's... I feel like he's pressuring himself on like obviously on purpose because he wants to perform better, but I feel like right now it's just um it's it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard and I, I, I'm gonna give them a couple of weeks at most probably because they're they're not rookies. They they've been around the block, so I mean one of them won the world championship, right? So I mean Exactly, yeah. I think and something it's not like, oh, oh go on. I was just it's not like any of them have it's not like they all played with the same players for every team in their career until coming to this TSM roster. Like they've played with new people before. They've dealt with language barriers before. Like it's power, power of evil has been on like seven teams in seven years or something. Yeah. Well, I, I think uh, you brought up the communication issue that they might have. I'm actually curious to know if Sword Art's online uh, or Sword Art, sorry, if his English is actually that great. Like obviously it's a second language, right? Same with English for Power Evil and same with English for Huni, right? Huni's main language, if I'm not mistaken, is Korean, and Power Evils is German, and Sword Art is Mandarin, I want to say. I could be wrong on that. Um, you can speak a second language fine, but, you know, when it comes to speaking a second language, generally people can do it for, like, day-to-day conversation, right? Like, hey, uh, where's where's the coffee place, or what, how's your day, things like that. But when it comes to specific things like League of Legends, like, how do they know how to say Blasting Wand or something like that? Probably not. So then my question is, do they run into issues with language in the game? Um, for example, if Sword Art wants to engage, but the only way he knows how to say it is like forward, forward, forward. That's a lot different than like stun this guy or like Camille R this guy, right? So I actually wonder if there's a big communication issue on that team due to the language barrier. So I think it'd be cool to hear like a listen in to T- TSM's voice comms or something. If they would allow that, I think it'd be really telling on to like how things go because I personally don't know how good his English is when it comes to, like, the heat of the moment. Like, when you're being interviewed or something like that, you have time to think about your answers. You have time to think about how to articulate what you want to say. Especially when it comes to writing, too. You have time to type out what you want to say. But when you're in a game and you have, like, a two-second decision on whether you want to flash engage on this guy or not, can does his brain immediately go to English? And if it does, does it translate fast enough for him to want to say what they want to say? In the case that Sword Art's the main shot caller, right? So I, I actually, I'd be, I'd love to hear the voice comments to see if that's actually an issue or not, because that's something that's hard to fix. It's not like you can learn a second language fluently for a game within a matter of weeks, right? Yeah, I, like because now that you're mentioning it, it's like people, like my friends and I have a hard time communicating to each other during like 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 games sometimes, and we all speak the same language, so I'm like, <laughs> it's all split second decision, yeah, like there. split second stuff, right? So I can see that some maybe even like it'll be hard to like know like. Oh, I, I'm I have to I have to speak English because it's so fast, mm-hmm. and so yeah, I can I mm, that would be a pretty interesting um to to, to see the what's it called the um the listening yeah the listening the mic and I mean I at, at the that's literally the second time I've interrupted you carry on <laughs> <laughs> no problem I was just gonna say um at the end of the day 
they signed up knowing that his main language isn't English, so they can only use, like, you know, language barrier issues for so long. Um, to address your second point about how long I would give them, uh, honestly, with the amount of effort that they've put into bringing in Sword Art, the amount of money they spent on their roster, and then TSM's aspirations for winning Worlds and being at Worlds, they really don't have anything longer than the end of the split. If they're still bottom two, bottom three at the end of the split, there's going to be changes to be had because TSM is an organization that has been consistently at the top of NALCS for the last eight years. And if they're not up there, they're going to have changes and they have to have changes. They won't settle for anything less. And the next uh, the next three games for them, you Tyler mentioned, well, this is not a roster full of rookies. Well, two of their three games are against rosters full of rookies. They've got GG on Friday, TL on Saturday, and then Immortals on Sunday. Uh, Immortals, uh, they, they continue to be, uh, feels like your favorite team's favorite team. They've certainly captured my heart. I think uh, Revenge, <laughs> solo killing Alfari, really sent a, a jolt of energy through my body that I, I, I hadn't felt emotions like that in a while. That was really, really fun to see um but they've got uh yeah they've got tsm eg and dig but uh as far as kind of wrapping up the the lcs discussion because we spent longer on tsm than uh than maybe we should have uh actually okay here here's a great segue uh blabber is still insane uh i think for all the cloud nine maybe question marks that people Ooh. had uh over you know over the lock-ins or whatever perks this fudge that i think those are all valid but i you know maybe you start to worry and this is kind of where i want to shift into our meta discussion here because 11.3 and 11.4 um we don't know for sure. I think if LCS is going to be played on 11-3 next week, hi, actually, do you have any insight on that? I know LEC is, but I don't know about LCS. It is played on 11-3, but Diego is disabled. Beautiful. All right, so that's that's kind of what we thought. Um, and obviously the big things with 11-3 are uh, Gore Drinker, Sterex, these just like bruiser uh, nerfs, but the champions themselves are also getting taken down a peg. The gross a- combo yeah, is a- now... AP top laners are getting buffed as well. Um, for me, on its surface, I worry about Blabber. A little bit because I think he made his name on farming junglers on Olaf and even I think you can't pin the last summer meltdown just on oh well Blabber got Olaf banned and then they just went into a tailspin. I don't think that's very uh, fair. But that being said, a lot of their playstyle is through him and especially when Perks and Fudge are still getting integrated despite the bright so- bright spots that they've shown. Um, when you look at things like Olaf nerfs and Gore Drinker nerfs and then at 11-4 just nerfs to farming junglers in general. Um, how do we how do we think that is going to impact certain teams and maybe let's start with Cloud9. Well, if you're gonna um, the thing about that is like if Blabber's gonna struggle, for example, with jungle nerfs, I think it's fair to say that every jungler is going to struggle with jungle nerfs. You know, it's not the first time jungle has been nerfed. So people are able to adapt. Some maybe not adapt better at others, but I don't know if I could say that for Blabber. Like obviously I don't have any you know, I don't think any of us have any proof that he's unable to tap with the meta changes or anything like that. So obviously, these nerfs to Olaf, these nerfs to um, what's the other character? Talia, Pantheon, Udyr. These nerfs affect every single team, so it's not just C9 that's going to suffer that. So even if C9 were to get weaker because of jungle nerfs, for example, right? Every team will get weaker, and if your team is a power level 9, gets sent to 8, someone else is 7, they get sent to 6, so you're still stronger than that team, right? Maybe he won't be as dominant moving forward, but even outside of the champions, he's playing them, one, well, and two, he's being on the right map, part of the map at the right time, right? So that second this part isn't really going smart. to change, you know? So, like, um, I'm not too concerned about him, like, underperforming or falling down or anything like that. I think he'll be able to adapt to these changes fine. That should, you know, affect what champions are, like, first pick, second pick, third pick, for example, but I don't foresee people still, like, not playing off. I think there'll still be offs in the game. I think there'll still be Udyrs in the game. Considering the nerf to Udyr is pretty tiny. Uh, Panther nerf, that might be enough to take him away from jungle. I'm not sure. You might just see him support. Mm. And for Talia, uh, I don't think she had issues clearing in the first place. So even though they nerfed her clearing issues, I don't think that should affect her too much. I, I still see, suspect these champions will be played. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think that that's kind of just what people are, are hoping is that it'll just open up more, more picks, right? I mean, Olaf, that was the whole thing. Even last year, he was picked a lot. But you had the mental sacrifice of okay, in the late game, you're just kind of going to be a you know just a nuisance, right? Maybe build GA for the additional survivability. I think that's the the issue that people had with Gore Drinker was like it the, the risk goes down way more. He's so strong with the early and mid game, but then you can just sustain his butt off it's in like these the late game. It's like perfect item plays. for him. It's so unbelievably unfun to just watch a Gragas like 
smash his face into the enemy team and then just gore drinker and he gets out completely unscathed like i def i want to see more gragas like i don't know what kind of state he's in right now but i was just looking at um uh blabber's 2020 uh season 10 um like champions played he played a lot of gragas and now like you have one of the most famous Yasuo players in the world on your team. Like, if there was any time to pull out that <laughs> little, like, cheesy combo, mm. it would be now. I feel like Gragas is something that we've not seen... I think we've seen a couple of games of it in, like, regions here and there, but not a huge amount of it. I feel like Gragas could be a really good pick for C9. Gragas top has, has made its uh, his appearances here and there, but in the jungle, I don't think we've seen it yeah. uh, in any significant way, for sure. Uh, but... Kind of, uh, yeah, extending that a little bit. How do we, I mean, hi, you've been around this game a lot longer than than us and been a player, and so these numbers, when you see them, you have a better sense of what does, you know, 20x move from here to here mean. Um, what did you make of, because to me, I, I detected a theme personally of moving away from percent vamp, right, sustain, uh, and not even just taking those away, but just shifting them into flat stats. Um is there anything kind of broader to take away from that, or am I just kind of building a straw narrative that really isn't there? I'm sorry, what was the question? Are you asking about <laughs> the Olaf nerfs? Um, just with, like, I guess... Actually, let, let me rephrase that. Um, as far as the champion himself, like, let's say, like, Olaf, right? The champion himself getting nerfed, uh, jungle camp experience eventually getting nerfed, and then, um, you know, the, the items that that champion builds getting nerfed. Do we think that that's kind of overkill because that can kind of be a little too much because you have a bunch of these levers that Riot's trying to pull? Um, you know, from what you've seen, do you think that yanking all three levers down is too much or not necessarily? Uh, considering I don't play jungle, the more nerfs that go there, the better for me. <laughs> I, me and most most pros and I, I'd imagine, think that jungle is super strong right now due to the fact that they're taking over games more often than not you'll see them being same level or even higher level than the solo laners, which I don't really think should be the way that works. Like maybe if they're killing everyone in the game, fine, but they're just farming the jungle and they're the same level and or higher than me. I think there's something going wrong with that. So I, I welcome jungle nurse as most players do. Um, hopefully there's even more. Like obviously in 11.3, mm -hmm. there's a few nerfs to the champions, a few nerfs to the items, but you know, like the Gore Drinker nerf, for example, affects top laners as well. Same with the Steric Gauge one. So... Uh, it's definitely going to affect the characters that you play. Like, if you get your character nerfed, his items nerfed, and, you know, like, the map nerfed, too, like, the jungle caps getting stronger, you're going to notice that. Like, you're going to... If it's, like, three damage off your auto attack, you lose armor, your item get weaker, and the jungle caps get stronger, you're going to notice that in your first kill. You're going to struggle gonna with feel it. Like it's going to be hard. It's yeah. going to be hard, right? So, it, it really depends on how many nerfs are stacking on top of each other for it to notice. If you just lose 280, maybe that's not as noticeable when it comes to clearing the camp, but if you stack a few more on that, that, that's a large amount, right? Because, like, say, you know, going from 12% to 8% for missing health healing on Gore Drinker, while it's just 4%, like, you might think that's not a big deal, but when you think about the actual nerf, it's like a 33% nerf to the item's healing itself, and that's a pretty big nerf, right, when you put it into terms of, like, how much percent did that thing lose rather than, like, you know, going from 12 to 8 Losing 33% of his power is pretty huge, right? So, yeah. I don't think I did the math right on that one, to be honest. I think it's 25%. <laughs> no, no, I, th four I think out. you got it. Yeah, no, 4 out of 12. Yeah, it's 33%. Uh, yeah. No, I, I think that's uh, that's good to put it in, in perspective. I mean, and, uh, yeah, kind of more, more broadly speaking, I know I know you mentioned that, and if the answer is still the same, then maybe I will throw it to, to Tyler or Meg here, but if you're looking at teams in the, uh, in the LCS that, you know, these sorts of things become... Once these changes go through, is there anything that kind of sticks out in your head of like, you know, if there's someone you know that, okay, has a massive champion pool or is really good at this certain champion, like Riven's eventually getting buffs, do we see Viper uh, back on an LCS <sighs> roster? That's sort of a joke, but not really. Um, like, is there any team that sticks out in your head of, oh, this person could really benefit from it? Like, I know, hi, you've had experience in, you know, in the amateur scene as well as as a coach and as a player for a bit. Um, any of these young guys that, you know, have kind of these sleeper smurf picks that are all of a sudden going to jump into the meta or anything? I don't see any champion buffs that would bring that much to the meta as far as 11.3 goes. Um, I think the thing with that is that nowadays people kind of know who plays well. So it's not like you have a secret champion hidden out of nowhere that you can bust out. Because if you're a pro, you don't really have like hundreds of games that you can practice to, like doing your niche pick anymore. You don't really have time for that. 
So I don't suspect anyone to come out blazing with like a new character out of a sudden. And as far as whether these nerfs affect anyone, I guess technically you could say that the weaker jungler teams would benefit more because if jungler is weaker as a whole, then the stronger junglers will feel that more than like the weaker jungler in a mm. sense. Like, but that's very like you know, whatever. Like whether that's true or not, I don't know. So it makes sense in theory. Like I, I definitely understand that logic. Yeah, just about empowering your laners. Then, um, all right. Uh, last kind of bit here. Want to. We'll make this kind of rapid fire to everyone here. Uh, not a ton of justification because we are running out of time. We want to get to our little uh, a game show later. Uh, with Based on a, a little bit of a theme of content that we've had going at, at DOT, LCS versus LEC, it's, it's an age-old debate that is, you know, it, it can take on many different forms. And as opposed to beating a dead horse, we've tried to, I don't know, maybe tickle a slightly weakened horse or something. Let's like, take like a slightly um, sideways approach. To, that was not my best metaphor. I apologize. Um, but... Cross-comparing the leagues is a, is a fickle practice, but um, from what you've seen, even though TL had a tough uh, week this week, I mean, relative, for, by their standards, uh, losing to Immortals is a bit of a blip on the radar, but um, kind of looking cross leagues, we'll just go rapid fire here. We'll go, hi, Tyler, Meg, and then reverse it uh, for the other question. If Team Liquid was in the LEC, at the end of this split, where would they finish regular season? Uh, top five. Top five? Okay. Tyler? Man, top three. Meg? Oh, um... Be honest. My bias is showing. I think they'd make it into playoffs. I'm just not sure where. I think probably they would make it into playoffs in last place. Wow. I mean, yeah. Really? And, and here's my bias showing. I think top three. Um, I say top three. Yeah. I think that they had the talent. I think that... Like, who's the third best team in the LEC right now? That's the thing. I, I think it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a soup. It's right like now. a soup. Yeah, it's no. it's really hard to say because there's a load of teams who are just kind of sitting there with a weird amount of wins. Right, because it's G two Rogue, everybody else mm. basically. I think TL can slot up. Kind of nice. I can see. I think TL can slot in. Actually, way. I've having said that, I've just remembered whatever's been going on for Fnatic recently. I feel like I should put. I'll say top five for TL. No, from top six to top we five. We totally didn't pressure you into that answer, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, after that ringing endorsement, all right, let's swing it right back. Um, Astralis, if they were in the uh, LCS, Meg, where do you think they would finish? Oh, boy. Um, I think they could... I feel like they just there is so much chaos in Astralis's games. They could probably take games off really weird people, but I feel like they would be a solid tied for 10th with CLG. Maybe they could get to, like, 9th with a little bit of hard work and a little bit of luck, but mm, I just don't know. I do not see Come much on, they promise have, they in have, that uh, team. They have Magic Felix now. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I I think I think they're going to be a playoff team. Eighth. Like, because you know how NA has eight playoff spots? Oh, I... So yeah, I would say that they're like... top eight. I... Uh... I mean, top eight is just a nice way of saying not bottom two. I would, I would, I would say they're an eighth place team. Okay. I think that their roster has, like, over the rookie rosters that we have right now and the ones that are struggling, I think that they can do a little bit better than them, but not by a lot. So I'd say eighth. And to high. Uh, my opinion is I don't have one because I don't know a player on their team. I don't, I don't watch LEC that much. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Fair enough. Appreciate your honesty. <laughs> You really are not missing out on much. I would. Not <laughs> <laughs> I watch like oh, yeah, the G two no. game versus Fnatic, but I don't watch too many outside games. Outside okay. Games. Well, Astralis. Uh... Don't watch Astralis. If you're gonna pick a team to tune in for, then do not make that team Astralis. I'm sorry to any Astralis fans that might be listening, but uh, it sure is something. They're they're tied for last uh, alongside Team Vitality. They've only won one game. And it's looked real bad. Like, yeah. I don't know. So you're not missing much. All, all, all I say is, yeah. I think they're eighth, but maybe I'm giving them too much of a... No. <laughs> of I, I, a of I a, think a solid eight is about where I'd have them. I think a little bit of experience could go a long way. Um, especially just given that guys like even Magic Felix, like, he's had a lot of experience in the ERLs and stuff. Like, mm -hmm. I think that kind of experience will just take you a little bit over the edge of, uh, you know, say the GG and Immortals, uh, for instance. Um, we're going to be right back when we come back. 
Uh, we will talk all things LEC. Uh, G2 Rogue coming up, Nick, this coming week, uh, which will be really, really exciting. Um, Tyler and Meg will be right back. Uh, and hi, thank you so much for being here, man. No problem. Thanks for having me. Have a good one, everybody. All right, see you on the other side. Still in episode nine of the Critical Strike podcast. Big thank you to High for joining us. Uh, very intelligent, highbrow discussion, uh, you know, like we do. Highbrow. Oh no, that's my job, y'all. Okay, um, you're the one who said it. I know. I'm, oh, I'm horrific. I'm sorry. Um, but myself, Henry K. Demore, Tyler Scarra, and Meg K. Back for some LEC talk here. Um, yes, and sir. like in the LCS, what a freaking week it was. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I dropped the gauntlet a little bit on Twitter after Rogue. Uh, dropped the ball against Shulka, who I think we can all agree are a lot better than we thought. Uh, I'm glad to see Broken Blade thriving. Um, free our boy. He has been doing really well. And it's good It's good to see the soup kind of take shape here. But aside from the soup, we've got to start at the top. And we're going straight to Meg here. Um, we were talking, okay, Fnatic Rogue G2. Is that the big three? Uh, do they deserve to be the big three? Fnatic picked up a big win here. Are G2 still the best team? I'm asking a lot of questions, and I'm not getting any answers. Scott, shut up. All right, Meg, go. <laughs> I just, like, right, so, <laughs> the, the way I feel just about Fnatic is they they will just turn around and just full-on roundhouse kick me in the face, and then they'll, like, when I'm on the floor, like, bleeding from my nose and mouth, crying, they'll just pick me up and they'll, like, tuck my hair behind my ear, and they're like, no, it's okay, cuddle you're you fine, little, you're yeah, fine, yeah. and they give me a little cuddle, and then just, like, RKO me. Like, this... <laughs> This victory to G2 has given me so much hope, and I just, I don't want it to be the case of next week they just int to, like, Astralis, or they're not even playing Astralis. And I don't even know if they belong in the top three. I don't know if they belong in the top three, because that win against G2 was so unbelievably conditional with, like, the extreme Mm. amounts of lag that Mm. G2 was suffering, and you can, like, debate till the cows come home about whether you think that that affected their performance or not, but... I don't know. I just feel like Fnatic keep giving their fans hope by showing glimpses of what this roster can be, which is like really, really aggressive. Um, still Decisive. not the best coordination in the world, but at least they're making decisions together and like mm-hmm. being able to just snap turn on objectives in a second. And then you'll just get the flip side where it's like self-made is dying for his chickens and like upsets crying <laughs> in a corner like, please let me farm uninterrupted. God, I don't know. It's it's such a unusual kind of like like the LEC is so confusing because some of the teams that you didn't expect a lot from are actually showing up kind of big, and like Fnatic to me it's like you know that meme for CLG where it's like on a like a spinning wheel, and then you spin the wheel and whenever it lands on is what you get, and then one of the wheels is like win one best of five or win a game to give your fans hope, <laughs> and and. That right now, it just feels like that's what Fnatic is. Like, beating G2 is huge. But I don't have a lot of faith in their ability to stay. Well, okay, hey, you know what? If they if they are able to stay consistent, um, they're, they're facing off against SK and they're facing off against XL, right? I think uh, you got to go 2-0. Yes. I think XL can really give them a run for their money, though. Like, I agree. They've mm-hmm. they've had their shaky moments, and obviously they're not a team with like a great history. But XL have looked a lot stronger than I think a lot of people were expecting them to. Like, I, I feel like them and them and Shalka are going one direction, and then like Misfits is going the complete other. Misfits have lost four in a row. XL <laughs> right. have won three in a row. Shalka have won four in a row. Uh, yeah, I mean XL they have beaten. Let's see their last three wins here. It was they beat Astralis. Okay, whatever. Uh, lost to Mad Lions a little before then. Astralis, when, okay, whatever. When Mad Lions were playing really well. Mad Lions stumbled a little bit here, but they beat Misfits, they beat SK, um, they beat Astralis, and now they've got Vitality and Fnatic. They should be able to beat Vitality, and I think that XL Fnatic matchup is going to tell us a lot. Um, but I think, again, both of these teams, with XL or Fnatic, they're both 4-3, and three, tied for 4th. Um, XL over Vitality and then Fnatic over SK, those feel like kind of must-win games for teams that are trying to get out of the soup. Yeah. Right now, we have, like... I think maybe three, two, three or four layers right now <clears throat> to the LEC cake, 
right? You've got the top dogs, which is obviously Rogue Pick and me a I would... word picture, Tyler. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a European cake, and you've got Rogue and G2 at the top layer, you know? Um, the one that everyone sees, that everyone loves to look at. Everyone's like, ooh, look at that. Look at this nice cake. And as you cut through it, then you get into, like, you know, it's just the, the Schalke. <laughs> no, not yet, not yet, right? You got the Schalkes in the Excel, Fanatic, Mad Line. You're like, oh, yeah, okay, this is not bad, right? Yeah. And then you get into, like, the, oh, Oh, this is what you're hiding at the bottom. <laughs> and then you like <laughs> take the piece out and it's like a crazy collection of colors and, and, and flavors. But I think that if people want to get to that top layer or at least a second layer heading to the top, this, this week is going to be the big. I want to see a lot more separation in this next week. I think that this is the time where people are going to go 2002. Uh, well, let me see here. Like, for example, Schalke is facing off against Astralis. And Mad Lions, I think those are two games that I th- that are pretty. That winnable. game will be hype. Um, Schalke versus Mad is hype. Mm-hmm. So we'll see because Mad's facing off against Rogue first day. Oh boy! So it's gonna be kind of rough on that first day. Who else is there? Uh, Excel, Vitality, okay, and Fnatic. So I think that this is the week where people will start like like. We'll get these O2s that will start to separate a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of right now, I wouldn't put Fnatic in that tier of Rogue, like the top three. There's no, I don't think there's a top three. Beat it's, G2 when they're not lagging and then we can talk, I think is, is my condition for Fnatic. Mm. Like, sure, you look better. You've started to patch some of the holes in what was a sinking ship, but like the water's not all out the boat just yet. Would you, uh, Rogue's better than G2? Or... Yes. Um, okay. I, this rogue roster is ridiculous. Like, Mm-mm-mm. I just, I don't see... The only way that you can beat this rogue roster, it feels like, is to just, like, take their face and rub it into the dirt so violently in the early game that they literally can't come back. But then we've seen people beat them in the early game, and they still somehow have a gold lead. It's, it's I like, this rogue roster is so fascinating to watch. Do you think that the same could be said, though, about... G2, in that the only way you can beat them is if they're lagging. I mean, no, because they've been beaten when they weren't lagging. But so were Rogue, and by the same mm. team. Well, look, we're going to get our answers on Saturday because the last game of the day is G2 Rogue. Yes. Oh, that's so, so nice. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Twitter's going to explode. I'm here for it. Uh, like, uh, like pr- Predictions, I mean, going into this. Let's assume G2 get their lag out of the way here um hopefully yeah i mean yeah let's let's, let's i think that's that's what yeah uh what i don't know what do you think meg you seem a lot higher on on rogue than us and i can understand i mean rogue have been much more mm. a model of consistency if nothing i think else, rogue win but... i think rogue win and i think they do it Amen. fairly like if not like a complete and utter slaughter i don't think it's going to be that like i don't think it we're going to get like a 15 minute larson just makes caps like cry and turn off his pc and like quit esports forever but I think it's going to be fairly dominant, the way in which they win. Because so many people... I've interviewed multiple people who have said that Inspired is Baby Yankos. Mm. And Inspired's champion pool is way better for the meta right now. I think Look, this is going to be kind of rough for G2. I think it's going to be closer than everyone thinks. I want to see... I want to see the drafts. Because uh, I feel like this game... Answer. No, no, no. I feel like this game will be decided by the draft. Because uh, I don't think that there's a big difference in skill between okay, these so teams Okay, so what do all. you think is like... I, I, I disagree. I, I think I think there is a... Not a big difference in skill, but I think there's a pretty good difference in skill. I mean, G2 still have the most talented roster. I think lane for lane... In terms of form. No, in terms right of now, form, though. sure. But like, I mean, if, if you just went kind of lane for lane, and I think that's why, you know, I, I think... Meg saying like, okay, well, Rogue are gonna win because I do think, like I said, they're playing more consistently. But uh-huh. you know, like, lane for lane, who would you take on Rogue over G two on your team? Lawson, Odo, Omni. I think I think Odo is the only one that I would say. You wouldn't take Lawson? My guy's insane. He's close. Over caps. He makes TF look like a Zed. <laughs> over caps. Yeah, I think I'd... Uh, right now i take... That's probably just a me thing, but right now i take Last Nova Caps. Ooh, that's... See, that's the, that's a spicy take, because I take <laughs> Caps, like, 99% of the time. I think I prefer the way that 
Larson plays. I don't... <sighs> Calling Caps high variance can sometimes be a little bit unfair because I think that's kind of a... It's like a community meme that mm. he's earned that he, like, from the time playing ADC and obviously coming into the league so young and being, like, this real hothead. I don't think he's necessarily as high variance people say he is, but he is also... There is variance there. I haven't seen like just a straight up abysmal performance or even like a bad performance out of Larson for quite a while. He's very, he's very, uh, consistent. he's incredibly consistent. He's one of those yeah. players where it's just like put him on a champion, put it in the microwave for like 25 minutes, team fight, and then you're probably gonna ding. Good things will probably happen. <laughs> ding. Uh, yo, Go for can, it. can we talk about the. The recent additions to some of these teams. Hmm. Yes, uh, there's uh, absolutely. Uh, one, you know, there's uh, a new uh, menu uh, item for a couple teams. You know. Yeah, one a uh, one of of LS CoStream fame, Crown uh, Shot. <laughs> Crown Shot has entered <laughs> the Vitality menu. Yeah, back it's on so Vitality. Fun. I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, he is a proven commodity. He played on kind of a you know sort of like Cajal, kind of a mid bottom team last year but he clearly uh they like him better than uh than, than comp but uh is this that do you feel like comp maybe got a raw deal like uh how, how are we dissecting this one i don't i don't think that well first off it's kind of crazy that he didn't have a team in the first place yeah that was dumb but looking at it now i don't think comp was the place that i don't think that he was like the weak point of this team per se but I do think that having Crown Shot and having like a really like a like a strong voice on the team is very important, and I think that that's what he brings. Um, they said they literally said in their announcement, it's like bringing like they're bringing him as a voice. They're not just oh. bringing him because he's a mechanic. Yep. Gonna yep. <laughs> we'll give that one. <laughs> we're not editing that. <laughs> talented AD carry. They're bringing yeah. him because he's like the the calming voice or like the veteran voice in calming. Yeah. And I think that's important. It's important for a roster with a lot of, you know, new faces, but does this move the needle for Vitality? No, I don't think so. But it's great to see him in the league again because maybe this stint will help him get a shot maybe on another team sometime in the future if things don't work out. Like, I, I, I really, I was really disappointed that he didn't have a team to start 2021. Like, really disappointed. That but. was the most egregious, like, outlier in the LEC mm. offseason for me, was the fact that nobody thought to pick up Crown Shot. Mm-hmm. And this this is such a bad way for him to come back, because it's not like he is replacing the weakest link on a team and suddenly the whole team's level will be elevated massively. He's no. replacing a player who's played, like, pretty well. He's not, like, top 380 carries in the league or anything, but he's been fine. He's not had any major problems. And now... Crown Shot comes into a team that is very obviously struggling and if Like he, what else can he do? Yeah, what can he do? If he can't fix it, is that it for him? Like is that gonna be the lasting memory? Like brought in mid season, couldn't fix anything, and then Vitality finished last? Is that gonna be the memory yeah, that people like, have? That just feels not fair at yeah. that point, right? Like cause he's just gonna play where he he can play and where he's signed. And so uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think that I hope that this isn't like this. Obviously, I don't think this is gonna be the last we see of him. I think no. that people are gonna see his value finally, but um, I don't think he moves the needle for Vitaly, unfortunately. And they're facing off against XL again. XL and SK. We'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see if his his leadership can 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 help push this team to get maybe even a one 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 week. Yeah. No, I mean for all we know, he could turn it around just by you know. I mean. Look, if you're, if you're losing, I mean, I, I think kind of one of the bigger offenders was the game against, uh, oh gosh, where was it? I literally had it here. Um, the loss to Schalke that went 48 minutes and was 7-8, to eight, right? That Just was this. something. But that's the thing, right? Is like Broken Blade went 1-2, and two, Abadagi went 2-1, and one, Gilius 0-2-5 oh, on Lilia. Right and like like just it was just all these tiny little numbers in a forty eight minute game. Like I, I don't you don't even have to watch this game to go look. Someone just needs a go button, right? And vitality. Like a random ass base race at the end where it was like finally this is over. Yeah, 
Right. So it was so literally maybe, so resident maybe sleeper. A voice, right. You talk about. I mean, this feels like kind of a similar, maybe maybe a similar problem again. We don't really know, but like with the you know TSM or whatever. Like if you're going to in, in together, right? Cohesion and asking questions and you know just just initiative. You can have make, someone have someone to push to give that push behind their like to their back. Like yeah. it, hey, you that, need someone what, to be like bring the confidence. Like it's 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 very very important that yeah. voice of yo we're gonna no, we're gonna kick their ass or whatever. Like let's go. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, that's what that's what Gilius more again oversimplified here because forgiven was a thing, but like that's more or less what Gilius did to Shalka, and Shalka were a dumpster fire last year. <laughs> but you know, and, and it wasn't even so much about like Lurox, like it wasn't even like a it wasn't the problem, right? But in a role like Jungle, and last year in the Jungle in a carry Jungle meta, you have someone like Gilius who is just very like confident and and bold, and like you said, just like enables exactly. He just he just he makes you believe. That you're not, you know, when you're 07, right? Like, when you're 08, 0 whatever they got to, mm-hmm. one guy can't turn it around because they didn't, like, you get, you get rid of Forgiven, who I think we all agree was probably, uh, he had, like, the opposite effect of Gilius, right? <laughs> one guy comes in with his mental and attitude just, just sinks yeah. a team. And Gilius mm-hmm. did the opposite. Otherwise, there weren't really that many changes. And then they became everyone's favorite team. They rat, rat, rattled off however many wins they did during the Miracle Run. Look, I'm not saying that Crowney is going to do that, but... It's not unreasonable to think, especially if that's why they're bringing him in. Oh, it's it's a it's a difficult situation all around. I'm glad he's playing in the LEC. I wish it didn't have to be this way. I hope Vitality can do better, but I don't know. Buying what about... a new sofa for a house with no <laughs> windows does not make that house any better to live in. Yeah. It's, but it's better than no sofa. It's better than than, than watching TV true. on the ground. That is true. You do have somewhere yeah. to sit while you freeze to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. Speaking of sofa, Astralis with their sofa, they got their own sofa in the mid lane. Well, it, technically not really because they're not replacing Nuke Duck, right? He's kind of just stepping in for them while he takes a personal break. Well, I mean, yeah. but that that's that's also what happened to uh, to Lorox for Gilius. Lorox was just sick for a week, and then Gilius was just like, "Nah, fam, this is my team now. This is my team now." As far as we know. <laughs> Uh no. Astralis. Getting a new mid laner. What do you guys think, Meg? Thanks. Um, so <laughs> Felix in um he was on Fnatic Rising for um last year and he when he went with Fnatic to Worlds he was replaced by Fnatic Rising sub mid laner who's a guy called Chibs and um which by the way, excellent name. But True. um he is I have heard him described, this is not my words, this is something that I have heard, I've heard him described as a weak side mid laner. But you can't have a weak side mid laner, I hear you say. Apparently you can. He is I was, very... I was gonna ask, I'm like, what is a weak side? Does that just mean, like, Galio duty? It's very passive. It's very, um, I'm not gonna take any jungle help, I'm not gonna... You like survive. make plays. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna chill here. I'm just gonna play farming sim in mid lane for a little bit, and we're gonna see how it goes. And honestly, with how Zanzara plays, like with these, like just looking for engages everywhere, and like a very um, like more tank jungler focused playstyle, a safe farming mid laner could be what this team is looking for. I just. I'm not sure. If Magic Felix is the player to get that from, but I will be very happy if he proves me wrong because he is from the um, competitive region that the UK competes in. So he's not from the UK, but I'll take that little bit of pride if I can get it. Astralis, Astralis, Astralis. I just, it's just like, what can you say? <laughs> you like, tell him. I don't. I don't know. Uh, we we've talked about their the roster, you know. And, and and decisions that were made here. And it's just like, <laughs> this team is just not good. And they're uh, they're facing off against, you know, Schalke first day, one of the hottest teams in the league. But then they've got the coldest team in the league in Misfits. Uh, and Misfits have not made any changes. They just continue to burn. Um... <laughs> I don't understand what keeps going wrong for this organization. I really don't get it. Because, like, your, that bot lane is so good. It should be, And you, right? like, Resork is insane. Viteo is a bit coin flip, but, like, when the coin lands on the right side, he's really good. And Harry is super strong. And he's a rookie. Where, yeah, but where are these 
loss is coming from. I don't... There is something weird with mm. how, like, Misfits teams operate. I feel like for them, it's a lot more... Um, hmm. I want to say... I hate doing the whole excuse of give them time. But I think that this kind of is... Because they're all rookies. They need to kind of... But we gave them time it. last split and they got worse the more time that they had. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I mean, there must be something happening that's like, cause like it's not the it like it. They're undeniably talented at like on the roles that they have. They have really good players. So, hmm, I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure. But we'll be slightly more sure. Pass? Is it coaching stuff? I don't I know. Do not Maybe. Know. Maybe you just get an interview with them or something. <laughs> yeah, we might be able to do that and uh, and hopefully get more answers to our questions this coming LEC week four. LEC and LCS back this coming weekend. All going to be on 11.3 with Viego Disabled. So 11.3 uh, mm-hmm. light, if you will. But should yeah. be a, a very good week. Lots to look forward to, especially that Rogue G2 game at uh, 2 o'clock Central on Saturday. And that is 8 o'clock UK time, 9 o'clock Central European Standard Time, and 3 o'clock Tyler time. On three o'clock Tyler time. That's East. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Eastern time. Uh, but yeah, that's gonna do it for us here. Hopefully you enjoyed the episode again. Big thank you to Hi for being here. Episode nine. Uh, yeah, that was that was episode nine. Jeez Louise. And episode ten. Uh, we'll hopefully have a better outro than this. I'll come next week. We'll see y'all here, <laughs> of course. Big thank you to Meg. Big thank you to Tyler. Uh, I've been Enrique Demore. You can catch us on all your uh, favorite podcasting platforms. Uh, not sure if we're still on SoundCloud, but we're on the the bigger ones. The uh, the apples. The uh, Google Plays, Spotify, and the one I always forget, which is... Pocket Cast. Pocket Cast every time. Yes. Every freaking time. But yeah, thank you all for being here, dear listeners. Uh, for all those people that I mentioned, I have been Enrique Demore, and we'll see you next week.